Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. Lord, we, we're so appreciative of your constant presence in our life. And Lord, we invite you to come and, and just saturate us this morning. Fill us up with your presence, O oh God. We need more of you and more of your Holy Spirit in our lives, that we can truly live the way and the calling that you've called us to live. And I pray, Lord God, for everyone watching this morning, that you would anoint them, that you'd bless them, that you continue to just reinvigorate them, whatever they're going through this morning. Would you just bless them, O oh God? Father, we appreciate you, Lord God, and we thank you this morning. Let your word have free course in the lives of your people. And we ask, O oh God, that you continue to just open up your word so as we get into it this morning, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds as we place our trust and faith in you. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, Transformers. So I hope you're ready to get started. And so the first message in this series is called My Message from My Mess. My Message from My Mess. And so I want to read right off from the start from James chapter number one, a couple of verses right from the start of his epistle. And so this is what he says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And these are the words that come to us from James. And it's kind of a profound statement, to be honest, because he's talking a lot about faith and he's talking about testing and he's talking about perseverance. But he also says that it brings us to a place of maturity, that the testing of our faith actually takes us, takes us to this place of maturity, that we will, in fact, not lack anything. And it's interesting because when we look at James's journey, and James, you know, is one of the brothers of Jesus. To be honest, it's his half-brother. And he is, you know, the, probably the next brother to Jesus after Jesus was born. And James grew up to be a leader of the church in Jerusalem. And this was after Jesus' death and resurrection. And he was respected for the advice he gave to the other Christ followers, for, for the wise decisions he imparted that helped the community of believers make good decisions. James, however, his beginning is not the greatest. It's somewhat suspect. It's not the stellar start to someone who is such a staunch Christ follower. James's walk with Jesus was not all that great to begin with. It's not something we talk about a lot. It's not something that I'm sure even he wouldn't have wanted to talk about. But as we see in our message this morning, he actually comes to this great place it's not the beginning he wanted, but it's the ending that's important. And so, to be honest, James didn't really believe in Jesus. He didn't believe that Jesus was, you know, the Messiah, the, the Christos, the anointed one. In fact, John tells us in his epistle, uh, James, John, sorry, 7, 5, he says this, For even his brothers did not believe in him, speaking about Jesus. So Jesus had brothers and sisters, half-brothers and sisters, and, and they didn't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah. 
They didn't want to sort of, they didn't belong to the cheering squad of Jesus. In fact, they didn't even want him around. If you read that text in John chapter 7, they actually encouraged him to leave the house and go hang out with the disciples. Why are you hanging out with us, Jesus? Go hang out with your disciples. You know, that's who you want to be with. Why don't you just leave our house? And that's what they're insinuating. They, They really don't want him around because they're not sure of who he is and who he says he is. And so, we hear a lot about Peter's betrayal. We talk a lot about Judas's betrayal. But, you know, when it comes to the brother of Jesus, who is James, this is probably one of the biggest letdowns in Scripture because this is your flesh and blood. This is your brother. You know, and most little brothers, they adore their older brother. They, they love hanging out. They just want to, you know, be with them. And they think the world of them. And they want to do what their older brother does. And go where their older brother does. And, and James is not that sort of view. He doesn't have that view of Jesus. He doesn't believe that Jesus is his hero. He doesn't believe that he wants to hang out with Jesus. He doesn't want to be like Jesus at all, you know. Jesus is not the hero of their household. In fact, they actually thought that Jesus was a little bit crazy. That's what the scriptures tell us. You read in Mark chapter 3, verse 20, and this is what it says, this interesting story. So Jesus is on his way, and he's preaching in synagogues. He's teaching. He's doing all these marvelous miracles. And, you know, he comes into contact with some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because, you know, he's talking about some really delicate subjects that the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they don't agree with because he's dealing with the Sabbath. And so when he starts teaching these things, his family member, family members get in an uproar. They don't really want to align themselves with Jesus. And so Mark tells us in, in chapter 3, he says this, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a, a crowd gathered. So there were many people following Jesus, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of, charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. That's what they said about Jesus. You know, his brothers and his mother, they came and they said, Jesus, you know, we don't agree with what he's saying. He's talking some crazy stuff. I think he's actually out of his mind. And so James did not think highly of his older brother. He would have preferred if Jesus was not around. You know, all of us have family troubles. Sometimes we don't always agree with our family members, whether it's our mother or father, brother or sister. Sometimes we come in conflict and that happens in every family. But maybe in your family, you've gone through a difficult season. You know, maybe your husband has done something to you or your wife has done something to you or maybe your kids don't respect you. And especially in this environment where we all kind of, you know, congregated in a small house and we're not allowed to go out tensions rise and sometimes things get out of hand and sometimes we all have things in our past where we didn't get along with this member or we had arguments with someone else and we have this tension that occurs between members of family and so oftentimes we look at that and we say you know there's a mess in my family there's things that we want to cover up that we don't want to talk about and and some secrets that we don't want to bring out in the open and we think that there's a mess in our family and sometimes we disqualify ourselves because we think I come from such a place of mess how can God use me how can God take me to a different place? Or how will God even consider using me to spread his word or to bless someone else? And so many times we disqualify ourselves because we consider our background to be messy. 
that there's things in our past. But here's what I want you to understand. When you are a child of God, God anoints you. And that anointing cannot be taken away because it's God who is the greatest power in the universe that anoints you. The greatest thing that the enemy can do is not steal your anointing. He can steal your story by closing your mouth. See, oftentimes because of the the disaster that we conceive our life to be, the mess that we think that we come from, we don't want to share things in our life. And we think that, as I said before, we're disqualified. See, the enemy can't steal your anointing. But if he can convince you that you are broken and that your story is a mess, you'll shut your mouth and won't share that story with anyone. And so, as I tell you again, the devil can't steal your anointing. But if he tells you you're broken and you believe that you're broken, you'll not step out and share your story. And this is what James went through. It was only after the resurrection of Jesus that James wrote with authority of one who personally had seen the resurrected Christ. And he was recognized as one of the associates of the apostles and he was one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. In spite of all the drama of him neglecting or rejecting or not wanting to hang out with Jesus, when he realized that God had a purpose for him, he stepped up and he stepped out. And he became the great leader of the church in Jerusalem. You see, your mess doesn't disqualify you, but it shows you, like James, there's a proof test that he had to go through. And a a test proof or a proof test is something that he talks about right through his letter. He, He reverberates on it over and over again. And that's why his letter is filled with the story of what he went through. He had to know that he had to go through something that was life-changing or threatening or traumatic, that he could come out stronger than he went in. See, what I want you to understand when it comes to a test proof is that when they have a device or when they have something that they're going to put together to, to launch out into the public, they have to test this product. And so it's called a proof test. And it's a form of stress test to demonstrate the fitness of a load-bearing structure. Such a structure is subjected to loads often exceedingly more than its expected use and actual use. And so what I want you to understand is proof testing is normally a non-destructive test. It's not there to destroy the object, but it's there to test the structure and the the validity or the, the proof of what the structure is. It's not trying to destroy it, but actually prove that it's strong enough. Proof tests may be performed before new design units are allowed to enter service or additional tests are performed to verify that an existing unit is still functional and is able to do what it was advertised to do. You see, before God puts you on a platform, he puts you through the season where he tells you that you are well able. So when you get in front of people, when you're able to share your story, when you're able to talk about your mess, regardless of what it was, God has proved you through the season and you'll overcome that mess because your story is important and your story comes from your mess. James, like us, didn't want to go back and think about his betrayal of his brother. He didn't want to think about, you know, how he rejected his brother. I'm sure there were some 
heartache there. There was some pain in remembering the tension that exists between him and Jesus. And so you think, how can James, the very brother of Jesus, get something so important, so very wrong? I mean, how do you miss that your brother is the son of God? That's a huge thing. That's, that's a monumental disaster. Talk about sibling rivalry. See, what James came, James came to the understanding was this. James realized this. It's not what's behind you that matters. It's what that's in front of you that is crucial. Even though he rejected Jesus, even though he said that he was crazy and didn't want to be with him, and, and all of this mess of a broken relationship, it's the mess that he had in his life, but the mess did not keep him down. Because here's what I want you to understand. Because his mess became his message. The message of how God can redeem even one who rejected and despised him and betrayed him. Friends, it's not your mess that can stop you from being what God wants you to be. It's understanding that God wants to use you regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your background, regardless of what you went through. And all of us have things in our lives that we don't want to share, but they actually become the pillars, the strength that helps elevate us into the place that God wants us to do or go into. No matter what you've been through, no matter how hard it's been, no matter how much of a disaster that you think those relationships, that situation was, it's all been building blocks to help strengthen you in the testing period to prepare you for the greatness that God has in store for you. And sometimes people say, you know, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the heartache that I've had to deal with. You don't know how it would, how depressed I was, how messed up I was, how much I abused alcohol or I was into drugs or I was into all kinds of behaviors. You don't know what my mess is. But here's what I want you to realize. James knew that in our past, we have messy situations. We have things that all of us have regrets about and things that we feel. And he doesn't want you to disqualify yourself. And God, more importantly, God doesn't want you to disqualify yourself because of your mess. Because you see, in your mess is your message. It's where God brought you from that's important. It's where he wants to take you to that is supremely crucial to where he's designed for you. And so James has this amazing perspective after he goes through this scenario. And this is what he says, you know, in James verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 12. Listen to this. It's so amazing. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. James uses this word blessed, you know, and it's a, the word blessed means an all-encompassing favor that God has for us. And so he says, you will be blessed. But he says again, you know, consider it a blessing, consider it joy when you go through a trial. And that's, that seems like a strange statement. You know, I don't feel blessed 
you say when my husband walked out on me. I don't feel blessed when my wife cheated on me. I don't feel blessed when my, my kids talked down to me. I don't feel blessed when I lost my job. I don't feel blessed when you know I have bills to pay. I don't feel blessed when I don't have money in the bank. I don't feel blessed when I'm struggling to cope with all of these pressures that come from dealing with households and jobs and demands of family. And I just feel like giving up and throwing in the towel and there's too much pressure. How do you tell me to be blessed? But here's what I want you to realize. Here's what James is really telling you. It's in that season where we feel like we're not being blessed that God is preparing us to launch us into the place of destiny. It's in the messiness of the daily activities and the struggles of life that we develop this resilience that God has designed for us to come through. And so when we look back and we say, yes, there's a mess in my life. And yes, there's a mess in my relationship. And yes, there's things going wrong. But God... God brought me through. And Paul, who was an amazing apostle, had such a very similar story. He came from a situation where he again rejected Christ and and went out to destroy Christ's followers. But when he came to the realization that God does not disqualify him because of his past, because of his mess, he had this amazing statement in Philippians chapter 3. And I want to read that to you just now. It says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, James went through that test. He felt that he had betrayed his brother told other people that he was crazy, talked about him in negative ways, didn't want to hang around with him. Jesus did not look at his mess. Jesus looked at his destiny. And so have you ever had that happen to you where you've had family members discount you and tell you you're good for nothing and that you're not good enough and you're not smart enough and you'll never amount to anything and your life is destined to be a failure and why don't you just give up and why don't you get started or why don't you motivate yourself? We've all heard statements in in our lives. You know, so many times we've heard negative words spoken to us by people in authority. It might have been a parent or a teacher or someone around us that has said derogatory things to us that made us feel down and made us feel, you know, nothing. And what James is saying that is, I want you to understand that all of us went through those different tensions. All of us went through that season in our life where we have things in our back story that we don't want to share. But what I want you to realize, he says, is that God looks beyond your mess into the message that your life is going to be. And so a lot of times if you had to rely on people and people, you know, wanted to be there for you and said they'd be there for you and said they'll always be there but left you and left you feeling abandoned and insecure, we would have given up a long time ago. I would have given up a long time ago if I relied on people but God. See, that's an amazing thing. But God. James knew what it felt like 
to betray someone and leave someone and talk about one. And so James gets this amazing insight. He's coming from this place where his past is messy, but it became his amazing message. And so James writes his book and he's writing to encourage a church who has been dispelled because of persecution. And they've been beat down and pursued and and locked up and jailed. And, you know, he doesn't write this letter to console them and say, you know, it's going to be okay. There's brighter days ahead. There's there's good things ahead. He doesn't say that. He, He doesn't say everything is going to be fine. In fact, he says, no, there's going to be trials. But guess what? Trials are going to produce something great in your life. There's a greatness, there's an amazing reward. And so when you understand that your reward is tied to your test, you will acknowledge the test has come for a greater purpose. Oftentimes, you know, when things come into our life, we feel like it's there to make us miserable, make us feel down, make us feel rejected, force us to give up on things and stop enjoying things. And what James is writing to tell us, and he's writing to the church to tell us, James wants to introduce us to a new perspective. And this is that perspective. And I want you to get this. Write it down if you have to. The testing is there to bring out the blessing. The testing is there to bring out the blessing. And see, when you get up in your morning and you go to your refrigerator and you grab a a nice glass of fresh orange juice, you know, and and you drink that in and and it quenches your thirst. I want you to give a thought to what it felt like for the orange to be crushed. You see, in order to produce that good juice, the orange had to go through a crushing. It is only then that it can produce something good. It was not a pleasant experience, and I'm sure if you were an orange and, you know, oranges had a voice, they would say, I don't feel like getting crushed this morning. I don't feel like, you know, being beat down. But what comes out of it is this amazing reward. See, your mess will produce your best. Your mess is there to bring out your blessing. You don't understand why you had to go through that. You don't understand why people walked away from you. You don't understand why that person betrayed you or left you or abandoned you. But God is going to use all of that that we think that we need to be ashamed about. We think we, need think, we need think we have to put it away and hide it and not talk about it. But God is saying, in spite of all the mess in your background, I'm going to redeem you and elevate you and use you for a great purpose. So don't hide your mess. Let your mess be your message. Your message of redemption and God's grace in your life. You know, there's an amazing thing that comes from Japan. And I found this out years ago, and I want to share this with you. There's an amazing thing that Japanese people do. It's called kintsuji, right? And what they do is that when they have a ceramic vessel that is broken, they have this beautiful way of repairing that vessel. They take broken pottery and put it together with lacquer, dusted and mixed with gold powder. And it's a, it's a method of, of putting back together broken things. And as the philosophy goes, it, it treats breakage and repair as a part of the history of the object. Rather than something to hide and disguise, they put it on full display. See, the scars of the object become what they exhibit. 
And it's the gold veins that show in the broken pottery where it was broken, but now has been put back together with such care and meticulousness that shine through. And the gold shines in a light. And it says, yes, this vessel was broken. And yes, here it's scars. But look at the beauty that has come out from being broken. See, God does not want you to hide your scars. He wants you to put them on display because it's the mess that you had that brings him glory when you share your story and you give your message. See, a long time ago, I broke my arm and there was tremendous pain and and suffering there. And when I look at my arm, even today, there's scars that go around. There's not the pain anymore, but I see the scars. And when people see it, they tell me, what happened there? And I tell them the story. I tell them the story of how I broke my arm. And so I don't feel the pain anymore, but the scars are the reminder of the mess I went through so I can share the story. And it's the same thing in your life, Transformers, wherever you're watching from. Your mess is not there to disqualify you. Your mess is your message. Your mess is the story you can tell people when they tell you, how did you come through? How did you make it this far? Why are you still standing? Why can you get up on more every Sunday morning and worship God? Why can you get up and give God glory? What did you do? And you can say, yes, these are my scars, but they're shining for the glory of God. I had a mess, but now it's my message. Your life becomes your song. Your battle scars become your victory cry. In fact, If you look at the word message, the first four words have the word mess, you know. So your mess is literally in your message. You see, if you don't give up, if you realize like James did, your past does not disqualify you, but God has prepared a future for you that's greater than you can possibly imagine. And James says there's a reward, a crown of life that reserved for you for you and for me. If we don't give up and we come to this great place of understanding where we say, my mess is my message. I'm not ashamed of my past. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of grace. It's a story of testing that brought me true. So I am test proof that God is able to take me from my mess into the greatest message of his grace and love. Amen? So I want to encourage you this morning, Transformers, do not disqualify yourself. Whatever you're going through, and in this season, we have so many things that stress us and bring us under tension and pressure, but do not think that this is in vain. God is preparing you for greatness. God is preparing you for a great future. No matter what you went through, God is going to use that mess to bring out an amazing message in your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you this morning. We worship you and we honor you. And Father, as we get into this marvelous word from James where he talks about, you know, the things in our life, the testing in our life that brings us to this place of reward, where we look through all the seasons of our life and and we struggle with our past, we struggle with our inadequacies, we struggle with the things that we go through that, that we think disqualify us and 
make us feel neglected or abandoned or ashamed. But Lord, all of those things can be used by your glory to help us elevate into the place that you have designed for us. So Lord, so I'm grateful that you've never left us or forsaken us. I'm grateful that you have a, a reason for everything in our life, that you take us through everything and don't leave us forsaken. And so Lord God, we want to be reminded again that the testing is there to bring out the blessing. And so as you put this us through the season, as you take us through the season rather, there's a great reward on the other side and we look forward to that as we continue to step out to share our message that comes from our mess. We thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.